The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother. And treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Whether you're a warrior of the Legiones Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or just a mere mortal in a universe of madness, you'll find a place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer 30k Horus Heresy and Specialist Games podcast. My name is Jesse, I'm here with Austin and Dave, and we are here for part two of the Defense of Ryza overview. How's it going, guys? It's going real good. Going real it's good. good. It's good. Good to be here. So with uh, part two, what are you guys going to talk about tonight? Uh, so I think we're going to start off talking about the various maniples that you get. You get, uh, call it three and a half maniples uh, in the book. Uh, three just totally brand new. And then the Dominus that was in the White Dwarf back in the day uh, is also in there. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we're going to talk about a brand new mechanic for uh, AT, declaring allegiance. Like that's always been a thing, right? You've always sure. said, oh, I'm a loyalist legion. I'm a traitor legion. And recently you've had some stratagems for that, but this is like a whole full on you get stuff for it just for declaring and uh, knights as well. So we're going to talk about all that. Sounds good. Yeah. I think, I think the allegiances also um, makes it a little more explicit what you can and can't take. It's a little more restrictive than before. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just a little bit, I think. And they tease you and we'll get into that. <laughs> they, they definitely do. Well, I just want to get started. So yeah, let's just dive right into it, I guess. Uh, so the first maniple on our list is the Perpetua Battleline Maniple. Uh, mandatory components are one Warlord and two Reavers, and the optional components are two additional Reavers. So this is supposed to be kind of your standard Battleline Maniple uh, when you need some attrition tactics and just going toe-to-toe with the enemy. Uh, its maniple trait is stand firm. When issuing an emergency repair order to Titans from this maniple, the command checks will always succeed on a two-up, regardless of modifiers. In addition, during the damage control phase, Titans from this maniple roll an additional repair die if they have not moved yet this round voluntarily or involuntarily. Which is real good, I think. That's very sturdy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, with Elite Magos, if you're doing a do-it-yourself Legio, I think this could become very resilient. Um, there are a couple other strats, I think, uh, you can buy uh, out of uh, Crusade and Iron, or Shadow, Shadow and Iron, um, that also let you add one to the repair roll. I think, uh, what is it, the senior... Engine or whoever, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you could build a very resilient maniple uh, using the Firmus, uh, I think. Yeah, especially with the freaking Warlord, right? 
Like I've kind of fallen into the habit of wanting my warlord to be sort of a mid-range brawler. Uh, you know, kind of gets up there and, and screws with you a little bit. But this is just begging for that, you know, double, bell- double bellicosa warlord sitting in the back, just not moving, blowing things to hell. Austin, how would you put a warlord in this mana pool since it's not stock with it? What are you talking about? It's the perpetual battle with line mana fir- pool. Are we doing perpetual? I thought this was firmus. That's the first one in the. That's the first one in the book. <laughs> Fuck! I'm so bad at this. Okay. Yep. Fuck, Dave. Nope, are you already it. drunk? Yes. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm half a can of Mike's hard lemonade into it. So here we go. Found that. Si- found that sitting in the back of the fridge. <laughs> but also, I think uh, Legio Astorum, calling back to one of the older school legions. Hmm. Well, and there are some other legios that can have a lot of fun with it. So the other thing I was thinking um, is like Solaria, weirdly, because you can sub out the two mandatory reavers for warhounds. And that doesn't get you a whole lot as far as like that extra die when you're not moving. Uh, because if a warhound's not moving, it's usually about to die. But just getting a command check off on a two up for emergency repairs for a warhound is amazing. Yeah. Because it's always a little iffy to fix yourself and just then not being able to do it at all. You're just like, well, you're in the orange for heat. So I guess you're going to die. And then uh, who is it that can sub reavers for warlords or somebody that can do that too? Um, Krytos can do it, but it's the other way around. Oh, they sub warlords for reavers. Uh, Graphonicus can sub Reavers for anything. So Graphonicus can take a Warlord and make it a Reaver or take a Warhound uh-huh. and make it a Reaver because that's, I think, their um, Legio trait. It's like a mainstay or mainstay of the Legio. And so they just have mm-hmm. more Reavers than anybody else. Krytos can take a Reaver and make it a Warlord. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's restricted to the... Um, <clears throat> The, Mer- the Myrmidon mana pool. I'm not sure if it's restricted to that or that's just something they can always do. Hmm. But yeah, because I was here. thinking if you can... Yeah, and I mean, there's a... For the DIY Legios, they still have the old, uh, you know, sub one mandatory Titan for a Reaver Warlord or Warhound, take your pick. And just getting two Warlords in this formation seems like it could be real rude because uh, you're just never going to kill the sucker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it uh, is a fun one, but it's the next one that terrifies me. Uh, and Steven has been going crazy over this one because he's a fan of the big boys. That's uh, a lot of warlords. The extra genius, extra genius battle line maniple. Uh, it's when everything needs to die and you have zero compunction about turning everything around that something into radioactive glass. Uh, the mandatory component is three warlord Titans. Count them three. Just, yeah. Just pull your dick out and there it is. <laughs> and uh, the optional components are a warlord Titan and a nemesis, a warbringer nemesis Titan. So just about as beefy as you can possibly get. Um, it's a ridiculous amount of points. That's like a 2,500 point thing just on its own, which is wild. Um, 
And it gets even crazier because the maniple trait is scorched earth. So during the combat phase, when a Titan from this maniple makes an attack with a weapon without the melee trait, so anything but the power claws, essentially, it may increase the strength value of the weapon by two for the duration of the attack. This must be declared before rolling to hit. And if you do, you increase the Titan's reactor level by one uh, or by two if the weapon has a dice value of five or greater. Uh, this is in addition to any other advances associated with the weapon's fire. Wow. That's, That's wild. It is. Because it's warlords. Like, oh, I have to pump their reactor by one. Nobody cares about that. They got the biggest reactor track in the game. Heat it up. I'm only calling out a storm because it's my Legio. You know, get to re-roll two dice per uh, repair phase. You don't care. Yeah, just go to town. Holy crap. It'll be all right. And just murder the shit out of people with it. Because what are they going to do about it? Not much. Yeah, and you're adding plus two to the strength value. Eh. Like Gatlings are suddenly, what, nine? Sun Sun Furies go to ten. Maximal Fire, twelve. I mean that's a bellicosa cannon. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nuts. Bellicosa is fourteen. Start at fourteen. <laughs> I mean, and those are four shots each, right? The the plasma annihilator, the century. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's only increase your reactor by one to fire a bellicosa cannon. Okay, you got to do that when you fire a bellicosa cannon anyway. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I mean, the yeah. drawback I mean, obviously, is. Yeah, you're going to say it. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, you're going to say it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to take a lot of either small night banners or find a way to to, to not just lose arc and, uh, you know, line of line of fire. But And there are ways to do that. Well, that's why you got three of them. Yeah. Four <laughs> of them. Damn, just... Go hog wild. <laughs> I think you have your li- your lanes pretty much covered with that. Honestly, you, you probably do, and that would be the game to play. Yeah. Just everyone laid out in strategic areas, all lines of sight, and just go to town. Just get, get your mm-hmm. sector sketch out mm-hmm. before the game starts. <laughs> just arrange fans out there. Just yeah. Yep. <laughs> have the Skatari do it before you move, before you go outside. And here it is, boss. <laughs> Swear that building was there when my shift ended. But yeah, you weren't here for last uh, episode, Dave. But uh, the extra genus is all uh, decorated as the uh, the war crow or the gore crows in this book. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be my traitor legion if I ever get around to it. Love it because they just have such a good like malal look to them. They're, and there's the, their rules are so fun too. It's like, you move, I shoot. Yeah, you start blowing up, I start shooting and just tearing up into you. <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm not running a Corsair anymore. <laughs> is that, that's a, is that Volturum? Volturum? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a color scheme that I can actually paint. Because it's black and tan. It's Dark Angels? And yeah. <laughs> Got my Deathwing and my uh, Standard Boys all ready to go. And they're ranged in Xenocide veterans, yeah. Exactly, yeah. They're they're ranged in Xenocide, man. Santa too. Yeah. Anyway, 
so next on the list is the Firmus Light Manipule. Uh, and these are, I guess, kind of the defensive maniple you field when you don't have any big boys. Because uh, it's one Reaver and two Warhounds as the mandatory components. And then you can upgrade by another two Reavers for optional components. And the maniple trait is super, super interesting. So... When a Titan within a Firmus Light Maniple is chosen as the target of an attack, the controlling player may nominate a different Titan from this Maniple to be the target instead. The nominated Titan must be closer to the attacking unit than the original target, and must be at least 50% visible to the attacking unit. So no screwing around and like saying, oh, you got to shoot that guy, and it's going to be harder to hit or out of mm-hmm. your line of sight. But still good. And then if the attacking unit wishes to... They may make a command check. If they pass, they can attack their original target. If they fail, they must target the nominated Titan and can only attack the nominated Titan that round, even if they can normally attack more than one unit. Uh, A unit can only be forced to take this check once per round. So it's not going to happen all the time because obviously, like, you know, the guy's Princeps and yours is in a a warlord on a two up. He's just going to ignore this. But it seems really interesting to me because there are plenty of times when, you know, you're focusing fire on an enemy Titan and you drop its shields and you're like, ha ha. And now my Reaver with the Melta Cannon will blow your Warhound straight to shit. And if you can just be like, nah, bro, shoot that other Warhound. Its shields are fine. Like, that seems pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's um, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see how many of these show up on the table. Because, um, yeah, you're right. You you could you could potentially save uh, a shieldless warhound or even a reaver, you know, um, mm-hmm. from from you know getting uh, getting shot when it doesn't want to. But I mean, how, how many times is that going to happen? They they just have to pass a command check. I mean, that's, it's not hard to do. I think this will be better with those Legios uh, that fuck with the other guys come leadership. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like if you can put a blanket minus one, like if you've got say, you know, you've got your three Reavers that are decked out for murder and then both your hounds are just like flamer hounds, right? Nobody's too terribly concerned about a hot dog. If there's a Reaver with a power fist and a Melta running at you, um, but if that Warhound just gets, you know, within eight inches and suddenly you're minus one to your leadership and you've been focus firing all the Reavers and now you can't. So I don't know. It, uh, yeah. it is a little sad that the enemy can negate your maniple trait, but I think it's going to be one of those things that like if you use it the first time and it works, you're never going back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it was with me and Corsair Maniple, right? Like, if only you guys had just not let me win that first game with it, you would have never had to deal with that scourge. Just <laughs> get that first taste of victory. Yeah. Right. You just start chasing that high, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, lastly, we got the Dominus Battle Force Maniple. Uh, this is a fun one because you can bring knights with it, and it is specifically. Uh, kind of a work work with your little buddies list. The mandatory components are a warlord, two reavers, and then a banner of either Questorus or Serastus knights. And the optional components are two warhounds 
and one Questorus or Serastus night banner. So it's bigger, obviously. You've got like more components to it than a normal mana pool because it's your five titans plus buddies. So, you know, it behooves you in larger games. If you want to have everybody in the mana pool, this is the, the one for you. Uh, and then there's a couple of traits that go with it. The first is Auspex Bafflers. Night banners included in a Dominus Battle Force mana pool cannot benefit from obscuring cover. Uh, if a night banner from the Battle Force is wholly within six inches of a Titan from the same mana pool, so you know, you've got four knights in your banner, say, if all four of them are within six inches of your warlord, that that counts. If one of them is further away, it doesn't count. So Wholly within six inches of a Titan, and both the Titan and at least one Knight from the banner is visible to the attacker, attacks made against the Titan from more than two inches away suffer a minus one modifier to the hit roll. That's awesome. Especially early game when you're throwing missiles at each other. Because uh, missiles are not good against Knights. Like Low strength weapons are pretty much wasted on them. Because they get a really good save, they get like you know a three up or a four up save, and then you still have to roll like a five or six to do any damage to the knight at all. Austin, I will say you played this against me early on um, when it came out in that White Dwarf article. I remember you put this mm -hmm. together just to test it out. And I had to read Auspex Bafflers a couple of times because I feel like it's changed. I think it has. Let me know if I'm reading this right. So, so I think the attack has to be made against the Titan in order to suffer the minus one modifier to the hit roll. If the attack yes. is against the knight banner, there is no minus one to the hit roll. No, you can just blow the knights all to shit. Right. So you can so either, you know... Yeah. But it's the second part that also makes things, like, even more interesting, right? So yeah. the other one is Noble Sacrifice. When a Titan in a Dominus Battle Force Maniple takes a hit from an attack originating from more than two inches away from the Titan, it may transfer the hit to any knight model from the same Maniple within six inches, as long as that model is visible to the attacker. Uh, you must transfer the hit before making any armor rolls. The chosen knight suffers the full effects of the hit as if it had been the original target. If the hit was from a weapon with a blast trait, center the blast marker over the knight. Uh, hits from weapons with Firestorm or Beam may not be transferred this way. So your Warlord is essentially, you know, scooping up a knight, or maybe the knight has jump packs. I don't know. Yeah, but the, the knight is sucking. <laughs> yeah, just, eh. Ah, a literal lookout, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the one you springs in the leg <laughs> of your knight banner. Also. But it's so good. Do you guys notice what the knights look like in that Manipul uh, yeah. description? They look like the Megaras, but I don't remember the Megaras having a battle cannon. So we don't have cards for the Megaras yet, Jesse, but if you go to page 57, you will see that same Questorus Knight Megara. Ah, and it does look like some sort of, it looks like the same uh, battle cannon. Yeah, they, at least for right now, they're just Questorus Knights that look cool. But it wouldn't surprise me if they get some sort of extra rule going forward because, like, the whole book, anytime it talks about knights, it's like, and there were a bunch of weird-looking knights that nobody can ever <laughs> build because they're so, like, cool and powerful. wonder if we'll see these guys in plastic or resin. I, th I 
think my, they have to my be guess plastic. would be a resin upgrade. My you guess would so? be a resin upgrade kit. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of uh, stuff to upgrade. But here's the thing. I think they would send you, like you would get, like like the old upgrade. Oh, you get the plastic kit, and then yeah, the rest you get the plastic kit, and then like the the beetle back, mm-hmm. and the heads, and the weapon arm is like a separate thing. Gotcha. So That's I think true. the legs are identical, right? Yeah, I think they use the uh, the plastic night legs in the Mega Era kit. Uh, I could be wrong, but taking a look at pictures online, it looks like that is the case. Looks like it uses the standard plastic night legs because it's in that same monopose that every other mm-hmm. knight's in <laughs> with just some uh, armor plating upgrades. So I don't know yeah, so like, if it's, I mean, if the, le- but the legs come as one piece in the plastic kit for the Titanicus Knights. So I don't three. know. No. Yeah. No, I, I would like, like, I'd love them to be like a brand new plastic kit. Um, but that seems like a, like if they're, if they have no special additional rules, mm-hmm. it seems like kind of a losing proposition, right? It'd yeah. be like, Oh yeah, we're s- I, they're the exact same. But yeah, that's going to have to be, they're going to have to have special rules. I mean, we're going to, I feel like we're going to get a card. Like, um, you know how they release the, um, a castus night. Like we didn't have mm-hmm. rules per se in a rule book. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, um, a castus PDF for the longest time. It was a PDF for a long time, but then you could also get the the cardstock, um, and I feel like that's how the rules got released before we got a rule book. Huh. Um, I, I well, don't yeah, know. That's, yeah, that's but the yeah, thing about Titanicus, though, is that it's all the cards, right? They don't yeah. need to put out a new book with fancy rules for them, and right, they can just dump cards on us. And in second look, that doesn't look like a battle cannon compared to the other pictures online. It looks like a, I think it's the Rad Cleanser. Whatever they call God, it. That would be so cool. Yeah, you're right, Jesse. It looks a I little I do really different. love that. I really love that scheme, though. Uh, like mm-hmm. Halloween y, orangey, bronze, and black. <laughs> ah, so good. Mm. But yeah. Uh, so to go back to the Dominus Battle Force for just a moment. Sure. I think what the maniple traits are, I don't think you're going to benefit directly from them all that often uh, just because they involve people shooting at your Titans when your Knights are within six inches. And like, if I'm playing against the Dominus battle force, I'm not going to bother with, you know, taking a minus one to hit on an attack. That's just going to get dumped on a night. Anyway, I'm just going to try and blow your night to shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's an advantage all on its own because if you know that you just kit out your knights as cheaply as possible and use them as a blade of wounds because this is Titanicus and that's all knights are good for. <laughs> I think that's all yeah. the maniples. Yeah, yeah, knocked them right on out because now we can get to the really fun stuff. Oh, what, the stuff before, before we move on, which one is your favorite? Ooh, I mean, I gotta go. I don't know if it will remain my favorite, but I'm definitely going to end up having to try out a Firmus Light Maniple. Mm -hmm. Because that just seems... Playing that screening game. Yeah, like the Battle Line Maniples, like, if I don't have a couple of Warlords or Warhounds backing me up, like, I get itchy. Mm -hmm. Like, I need something fast and dangerous. Uh, so neither of those really appeal to me. 
but that firmus could be just the sort of shenanigans that I enjoy. Dave, you got a favorite? I'm going to have to try that perpetual line uh, battle line mana pull out. I just think it could be just extraordinarily resilient. Um, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good campaign mana pull. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I think I agree with Dave. If for my, uh, a storm, definitely the perpetual battle line, just kid everyone out in long ranged weaponry. Cause yeah, if you don't move, you can get an additional die roll, which we're already pretty good and re-rolling, you know, emergency repair dice and succeeding on twos. Yeah, you'll be cooling down every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I ever get around to the Gore Crows, though, I, I think I will do the extra Gamus. It just. It's, it's just, so nasty. <laughs> it's <laughs> going to show four up on the, the table. table. It's going to show up on the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Steven's done that, and it's not. Yeah. We're, we're all going to have to play it because Steven is. As we speak, building this battle line. Oh, yeah. He's probably there already. We just don't know it yet. I think he, the only thing he might be missing is the Warbringer. Because I'm fairly confident he does have four Warlords. But, and yeah. he doesn't even need the Warbringer. No, he doesn't. Just roll right up with three at least. Wow. Three Warlords. Anyway. So we're going to jump across the Night Houses because... Uh, Jason want to get in on this stuff, so we'll we'll save that for another episode. But you guys wanted to uh, talk about allegiances, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that was right. Right, we were skipping knights for it right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. totally. I'm okay. okay with that. Yeah, because Jason has been talking about playing knights for forever and as soon, forever. As soon as they came like, out, he just was all about yeah. the knights. Yeah, yeah, and now Austin and I are both. Very firmly on the uh, the night train, <laughs> midnight train to somewhere. I, uh, straight to hell. I still haven't figured out what I want to do with my uh, how I want to build them, but I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, so yeah, uh, declaring allegiance. This is a new like little sub thing, like I said earlier. Um, and for Titan legions, you can go either loyalist. Traitor or Black Shield. Which page was this? Which is kind of wild. Uh, this is page 82, mm-hmm. is declaring allegiance, and then 83, 84, 85 are the individual things. Because you need four pages for allegiances. Yeah. Oh, and the stuff about Black Shield Titan legions are pretty crazy. Like, they straight up say that, like, yeah, you know, they're not like pirate kings trying to forge their own empire a lot of the times. It's they show up like, you know, from the outer edges of the galaxy realize there's a war on and like the people that they present themselves to are like, I don't fucking know you. Hey bro, I don't, I don't fucking know you shoot them. And it just like erupts into a war. And then the guys are like, ah, all right then. I I guess we're, we're doing our own thing. I guess we're fighting now. Yeah. Like I, all right, fuck it. Get out that black paint, boys. Here we go. Uh, so, yeah. And you pick the start of the game, Loyal Trader or Black Shield. Um, and there are, like, restrictions to what you can take, which are pretty 
self-explanatory, right? Like a loyalist battle group can include a Psy Titans and loyalist Titans of legend. You can take the loyalist stratagems. You can't have a corrupted Titan or renegade night banner. No further information on renegade night banner. (laughs) (laughs) And it says like explored in future supplements. (laughs) I love it. Teaser. (laughs) Damn it. I, I literally know. have a tiny greater demon about to run and my night house. And the corrupted titans uh. to be explore, explored in future supplements. Yeah. Black yes. Shield Titans of Legend? What? Mm-hmm. Yep, can't have any of those in a loyalist group. Uh, and you can't purchase traitor or Black Shield stratagems. Uh, so most of it is pretty self-explanatory, right? You're loyalists. Don't bring fucking traitor shit. Uh, and then you have an allegiance ability called adaptive tactics once per game at the end of the damage control phase, a single loyalist Titan that has successfully been issued an order other than the emergency repair order that round can immediately be issued a different order other than emergency repair without the need to make a command check. This order replaces any order previously given Uh, Titans within a squadron that have been issued orders versus Squadron orders that round can all benefit from this rule so long as all Titans are issued the new order. Uh, So if you've got like your Warhound squadron and they're all doing a thing, you can once per game change the whole squadron to do a different thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, I know you had some thoughts on this, Dave. Yeah, no, when I read this, I mean, I I, kind of did a double take because I was like, wait, how, how do I use this? Okay, you do it at the end of the damage control phase. So that means before the combat phase. So mm-hmm. potentially you could have a warlord titan that had first fired, has lost its arc because of activations, right? So it got the first fire off, but then whatever it was lined up to to shoot moved. Um, well, you could change it to, uh, really, you could change it to anything. You could change it to full stride. Um, you could change it to, I don't know, Austin, what, change it to, uh, I don't know, anything else, right? It's not going like, to get you your charge back, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the other thing, I mean, it just there's the possibilities are sort of, they're there to be explored. Um, you could charge and then you, oh no, Austin, it was a split fire. You could charge and then you could do a split fire. I mean, that could be brutal. Um, you could first fire and then change to a split fire. Uh, you know, I mean, I think split fire is going to have a lot of, uh, efficiency with this particular trait. Um, but, uh, but yeah, go ahead. What are your thoughts, man? So my thoughts is uh, you're going to be seeing some shutdown titans because oh, yeah? you can shut them down now, right? Uh, and then bring them back up automatically with this. Oh wow! And you still get shots off, yeah. Or if you've been sabotaged, right? Just kick squarely in the nuts. All right. Um, well, kind of sucks to use it like this, but. Let's remove that shutdown order that I just had and let's go to, you know, something that'll let me shoot for God's sake. Uh, Or, you know, hey, I wanted to full stride and uh, turns out my opponent did too. And now I'm already in range. 
all right, well, just go to split fire, literally anything else. And I can fire my weapons again. Yeah. Um, it, it is a really, really cool trick. Cause like, like Dave said, right. With first fire, sometimes you first fire and then you got nobody to shoot at because everybody ran away, change it to a maneuver order, you know, get that extra full stride movement in. It just, it's so nice. Cause Titanicus is always about making the hard choices so being able to fix yourself when you guessed wrong is really powerful. <laughs> yes. Because uh, if you're, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're playing somebody else that knows how to play the game, sometimes you're just going to guess wrong. And usually it sucks, but uh, loyalists can kind of recover a little bit. Yeah, this is huge. I love it. I, I love this uh, allegiance ability. And I love the idea of having to have uh, declared allegiances because it does start to scope the game, you know, like, so uh, you do sort of have to start to play towards the narrative in whatever uh, list you're taking, you know, but you're starting mm -hmm. to be um, scoped right to stratagems that are loyalist specific. And we start, I think we started to see that in, was it shadow and iron? I can't remember. Yeah. They, they were the ones that came out with the loyalist and traitor stratagems. Um, yeah. Which is fine, but like, if you weren't planning on taking those anyway, didn't matter. Uh, this makes it matter. This makes it matter every game because you're always yeah. going to get a special ability that you can use. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jason has joined the call. Oh, cool! <gasps> hey, Jason. Jason. Hi, guys. <laughs> I mean, honest? I'm excited for night houses. I could not let this go by. Well, thanks for joining us. We're going to wrap up allegiances and then we'll go right into it. How's that sound? Yeah, we we are like less than 10 minutes away all nights all the time. <laughs> all uh, right. So, so yeah, we'll just go right to the next one then. We're, we're done talking about loyalists. We're done. We need to get to nights. <laughs> uh, so Trader Titans, uh, their restrictions are exactly what you would expect, having just been told what the loyalist ones are. You're referred to as Traitor Titans. You can't bring Loyal Titans of Legend. You can't bring Psy Titans. Common sense, people. Their allegiance ability is Unbridled Hatred. So once a game, during the movement phase, a single Traitor Titan can add two inches to both their default and boosted speed characteristic and add one to the dice value of all weapons with the melee trait that the Titan is equipped with. And this lasts until the end of the round. That's so good. That's so good. It's a little bit more situational because you need a melee Titan weapon to really, you know, get the full effect. But when you get that extra two inches of boost mm. to close the or gate. four, right? You go yep. full stride, extra four inches of movement. That's true. That's, that's a whole nother move for a warlord, yeah. right? Their base move is only four inches. Uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, I know that it, like, it definitely, it. Like, yeah, like intellectually, I know the loyalist one is more versatile, but I just love this so much. Like the game is won and lost in the movement phase. So anything that helps you out there is a win. But this one's so much more fun, especially if we combo it with, um, what is it? The Dominus Maniple I want to talk about later. Oh my gosh. 
All right. So the last one, uh, Black Shield Titans, right? Uh, so, you know, they're all Black Shields. You can include Black Shield Titans of Legends. Explored in a future supplement. No further information. Thanks, G-Dubs. <laughs> uh, you can play... Can purchase stratagems available to any Allegiance or any Black Shield player. So you can dip into those traitor or loyalist stratagems, which is really cool. Uh, I don't think you so. You can't have... No. No, I don't think you can do that. I think it says battle sh- a battle... A Black Shield battle group cannot purchase stratagems available to any loyalist or traitor players. Oh, it's a second. So it's, a, it's, it's the last bullet that puts that in there instead of just saying that off the get go. So what the hell does a Black Shield battle group can purchase stratagems oh. available to any Allegiance or any Black Shield player mean? That is. Hmm. What is any Allegiance huh. that isn't Loyalist Trader or Black Shield? <laughs> hmm. hmm. So strange. G dubs? You got, you got some orc shit? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> Uh-oh, we found one, guys. We found one. There it is. Typo. The <laughs> game is happened. dead. Errata. Um, <laughs> Immediately. So how, how would you play that then? Let's let's stop right now. And so, how, how would you... Uh... So, okay, so here's here's my reading on that. So if you're a loyalist black shield, right? So if you if you believe in your heart of hearts that you are... That you're sworn to the emperor, right? Then I I feel like you could take loyalist stratagems, right? If you're in your heart of hearts as a black shield player, sworn to the war master, then you can take traitor stratagems. That's how I would play it right now. Do they ever describe your legio as an allegiance? No, it's declaring no. allegiance. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I uh, yeah, this might just be a thing where they were testing out two different versions of the rules and just. Whoops. That final typesetting guy just didn't get that last memo. It was the last day before the Rona started. Right. Oh well. All right. Well, uh, just roll a d6, guys. You figure it out. We're not. We're not your mama. Knife fights. Fuck it. Yeah. Go with it. <laughs> don't do both. Right. Don't take a loyalist and a traitor stratagem in the same game. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Exactly. Don't be that guy. <laughs> yep. Uh. So their ability. Uh, is decentralized command. Once per game, when a Black Shield Titan fails command check when being issued orders, Black Shield Titans not part of a mana pool may still be issued orders. Which is weird. Not gonna lie. Because for the most part, you try to like maximize, you know, you pick a mana pool to suit the Titans that you're bringing. It's rare to have kind of a, an oddball off on the side. Kind of a la carte. Uh, yeah. It, does, it doesn't feel as good as the traitor and the loyalist one, uh, to be honest. I mean, because also if you have an Axiom mana pool, um, like, what does that get you? I, I don't know. Do uh, do Titans of Legend manage to get inside of um, uh, mana pools? Yeah. Well, sometimes. Yeah. I think they a sometimes lot of people... inside of mana pool. But you have to do it right, right? Because I, because th- they're all bespoke titans of a specific legio. So if you're running that legio, they can be in your mana pool. But if you're not running that legio, they're just like a, an extra guy. You know, I don't know. Yes, they're definitely, they definitely got the short end of the stick here, for sure. Because even if, 
And what you bring like a Lupercali light maniple? Yeah, with bring a warlord on the side anyway to benefit from this. Like, with that hey. little bit of a rat, it seems like they kind of got a little, little short end of a stick. Yeah, a last well, minute change. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Forge World or somebody specialist games will listen to this podcast and be like, "Man, those boys at Remembrance Retreat—they're right. We do need to fix that immediately." <laughs> we'll we'll take credit for the FAQ coming out in the next few months. We absolutely will. Yeah. Now on to Jason's favorite things. Oh, you had something about the Dominus Maniple. Dominus Maniple. It's like one of the only Titan Maniples I ever use uh, because it's amazing. Uh, combining knights as like a little screener. It's my favorite thing in the world, and it's super frustrating for uh, bros who tend to uh, sit in the back corner with this, you know, a warlord with dual bellicosis. As the knights just jump up and take every single blow. Yeah, because not only do you get to allocate those uh, any shots to the knights, as long as they're close enough to the main maniple, you also... Uh, start causing like negatives to hit and it's spectacular because you can allocate them to whichever night you want so uh it's pretty typical for people to try and drop bellicosas on multiple nights and there's nothing stopping you from just chucking that uh blast template way out in the wings that only covers one night it's spectacular well, i think they've changed that now though right because now if you target the knight specifically, they can't run the interference. Did I understand yes. that right from earlier? Yeah, if you're shooting directly at the knights, yeah. they just die like they always do. Yes. But it's still really great for like random shield-dropping weapons. Like None of those are good against knights. Sure. So it's like you're being forced to fire at them anyway. It's, I got you. It's nice, mm -hmm. huh? <clears throat> But that means they're not shooting at your big expensive titans. Mm-hmm. So, on to uh, the night houses. Yeah. So, Jason, did you want to talk about specific night houses inside of Ryza, or did you want to talk about how um, Ryza expands on uh, the night households? And I mean, kind of both, really. Makes them awesome. I mean, it definitely makes them awesomer. They're it makes them awesomer. I feel like, you know, this became a game of um, uh, uh, how many banners can you take on your banners? You know? Uh, banners and banners and banners. Oh, my. Uh, I mean, the... So I feel like before people were running night households um, without banners because they were sort of, eh, you know, I have a, a knight that's going to be my standard bearer and he's going to walk into battle holding my, you know, bespoke um, ancient, you know, city and protocol banner. Uh, but, uh, but now, uh, oh my God. So now you have to, I feel not have to is strong, uh, you really, 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 really should take uh, battle standard bears and lance standard bears. So I didn't know, Jason, if you wanted to talk about 
any of that stuff from from your perspective or your your night house oh yeah definitely um this what i kind of enjoyed uh in duma Moloch, i'm not gonna lie i was a little disappointed like obviously night houses have nowhere near the depth of the titan legios which i kind of get but i like too the uniqueness of them because it feels kind of like in base uh, horus heresy when you know you go through and you can play a dozen games against different flavors of Astartes, and then suddenly you hit a Mechanicum army and it operates completely differently. And I think just the banners, while not anywhere near as deep, uh, you know, because each knight house is essentially reduced to a uh, knightly quality for your commander and a couple of banners. Uh, it's nice to see here too. They've divvied up the night houses with, um, you know, their different factions, and so you have Imperialis, Tratoris, Mechanicum, and uh, Oblatus for uh, Black Shield night houses, which is kind of nice. So they're slowly kind of growing into their own as a, you know, instead of just kind of a side thought, which I'm happy about. But uh, yeah. Can, uh, let's talk about some of these night houses. Because we've got, what, six new ones here? Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'm kind of a big, I love that they give you, they're giving us consistent color plates so we don't have to hunt down, you know, the, um, <laughs> the color schemes for any of these houses anymore, which is pretty nice. Uh, They've actually got one for House uh, Tyrannus, which is nice. Uh, the Heresy version. So Yeah, that's cool to see. Yeah, I think it's the first time we've ever seen it. Right? Because the second House Tyrannus comes up, that's the one like, people always debate. It's like, oh, is it red or is it blue? Like, when are you doing it? And uh, the blue color scheme they have, I don't know, it's kind of like the same thing as the Thousand Suns, right? Like, just in the opposite direction. Uh, but the color scheme for them on page 59 is gorgeous. Mm-hmm, definitely. And uh, that Lancer, uh, Hostum Glory. But anywho, yeah. Uh, I figured we could just go through these different night houses pretty quick, because sure. it's nowhere as near as long as a Legio. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first off, House Sidus. Uh Apparently, this one was really tiny, and it was only known to a couple of people when uh, before Ryza was invaded. So, fun times there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, the knightly quality table you get. Uh, first up, Bombard Commander. Once per game, all the banners with a Seneschal's Lance can be issued coordinated strike, split fire, first fire, without the need to make a command check. Not all banners need to be issued the order in this way, but all banners must be issued the same order. So, eh. Not like the worst. It takes a little bit of coordination, I think. But, you know, for them all to get the use out of a single consistent order. Uh, Scion of Ryza is a little bit better, I think. Uh, the weapons carried by the banner are higher than normal. Increase the strength of any weapon in the banner with a starting strength value of 4 or higher by 1 to a maximum of 8. So, of course, if you only read halfway through, your first thought would probably be Avenger Gatling Cannon, but sadly it's only for Strength 4 or higher. So, I feel like this would work really well on 
I always have one small unit of three or four guys with uh, battle cannons and rocket pods that are there to uh, strip shields at range. So I feel like it's decently useful for them. It's like I'm not doing a backflip over it, but it's it's not. It's better than a stick in the eye. Well, you... And there. With coordinated strike, get real rude. Yeah, coordinated strike. That's one more knight, right? Essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's basically one more guy. So that's pretty nice. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain once you start getting around, you know, sides and rears. Uh, then we got Favored Scion. Uh, one model in the Seneschal's Banner can be upgraded with the Battle Standard Mark of the Omnissiah for free. Uh, get into those banners later. They're fun stuff. Uh, the model must be part of a Quester Mechanicus household to do so, and the household force cannot contain another Battle Standard. Uh, however, if the Seneschal's Banner is ever shaken for the Remember the Battle, the Standard has no effect, and the Seneschal cannot benefit from the Noble Sacrifice rules. So... Uh, like, it's nice to get, what is that, like a 40, 45-point banner that you're getting for free, but I don't think it's the downside. Because, of course, anybody that figures this out is immediately going to try to shake the crap. They're going to target a single um, quake cannon that way, like, first thing. Which is annoying. But, uh, you know, I don't know of any uh, Titan Legios who had their rules, you know, taken away by a single concussed. But, so uh, not so you can't... Um... You can't remove the the banner just because you put a template over it. Someone else is going to pick it up. I don't know if that's oh, what you're talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's if the Seneschal's banner is ever... Sh yeah. Oh, um, but yeah. It's free, but if the Seneschal's banner is ever shaken, they basically lose right. it. Yeah. And also, the Seneschal can't benefit from Noble Sacrifice, which is a little lame. Uh, next over, I like House Tyrannus a little bit better. Um, so first off, Grace of the Omnissiah. Uh, whenever the banner suffers a critical or devastating damage, roll a d6. On a 6, the damage is reduced by one level. So critical hit goes to devastating, devastating becomes direct. Not too bad, um, especially with criticals. It's not going to save you all that often, but it's really nice to not like lose that extra knight for some reason. Uh, and just, you know, plink off a couple of HP instead. Um, what's pretty great, uh, Resolute Brotherhood. Uh, this takes a little bit of work to set up, but if you do, it's pretty well worth it. Uh, making an attack during the movement phase as part of a charge order, knights within the Seneschal's banner add one to the dice value of the weapon they're attacking with for each banner within the Seneschal's lance within three inches of them. So... Again, this would take like a little bit of work to set up, I think, but because um, this wouldn't be useful for the first unit charging in, because they wouldn't have any, you know, many other knights within three inches of them, unless it's like a super weird combo charge. But like the second banner charging into something big would. So a little bit of a combo you have to set up. It sounds, I mean, pretty helpful if you can get it to work. And yeah, uh, lastly, you can just hear string them out. Right? Yeah. Totally. Hmm. Uh, lastly here, we've got Master at Arms. Uh, the Seneschal can issue coordinated strike within the lance without the need to make a command check. 
However, the Seneschal's banner does not add three to the result of any command checks as described on page 38 of Doom of Moloch. Now, there's several of these that are basically the same thing, just with a different command. And I'm kind of on the fence. Like, it's nice to be able to automatically, you know, pass that. But I don't think it's worth what's basically a penalty of three to the result of any command check. As somebody who has been on the receiving yeah. end of Dave's Gatlings with coordinated <laughs> strike, firm disagree. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that it's might amazing for a couple of different reasons. Talking. Yeah, it's amazing for a couple of different reasons. Because the way the night households work, um, you issue an order to your entire lance. You don't have to, yes. but you can. You know what I mean? And so if mm-hmm. you're dealing with something like Vox Blackout, which takes away all your orders. Well, you can do this without actually having to issue an order. So I'm actually kind of on the fence about how that would work. So if you have played a stratagem Vox Blackout or whatever the equivalent of that, basically saying you're going to take away all orders, right? But you do this, so it's an, it's an, it's an order, but it's issued without a command check. Is that, how's that, does that work or not? Question. Do you remember what book that Vox Blackout's in? Um, yeah, it's either in uh, Moloch or I think it's in Moloch. I'll uh, I'll look it up while you guys talk. I guess it would depend I'll on what the out. exact wording of it is, because if it was immediately removes all orders, then this would be affected by it. But if it's something like uh, automatically fails command check then this is bypassing the command check step. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there, I feel like there's some type of synergy here um, that that we may be missing. But, um, but yeah, it's, I feel like it's still good. I don't know. Maybe not. Also, what about if you're shaken? You can still do it? Oh, yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah? Without the need to make a command check. I think so. I'm but you can't so. issue an order if you've already got an order, and they'd have a shutdown order, wouldn't they? I guess they, have they would have to pass. Well, when they when they become shaken, the they get the shutdown token. Right. Yeah. And it replaces their order. Yeah. See, that's what I'm worried about, though, because all of these automatic uh, orders always come with a caveat. This initials banner doesn't add the three to bonus to the result of any of its command checks. And I'm not sure it's worth it to lose that bonus to automatically pass one type of command check. I hear you. Because three plus is real good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it depends on what you're equipping them to do, right? Like, if you you have them as, like, all Questorus with battle cannon, just ready to run around, you know, combining into strength nine and ten shots, you're not planning on doing anything else, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm slowly building a unit with six Questorus with Gatling cannons just because I really want to make Austin really happy I'm already terrified uh, and have been considering (laughs) doing the same thing because just like Dave you had what three four doing that last time I had had three I had three yeah it takes an Avenger Gatling cannon yeah, from from three to six. 
Like he was firing at me from 24 inches away with a Gatling cannon. I didn't even know what the hell he was doing. Then all of a sudden my shields are down. Because you guys remember right when this game first launched and everybody made fun of Avenger Gatling cannons. They're like, oh, I got a whole bunch to put on eBay now. Like anybody want them? And now people are scared of them. Yeah. Never me. I have always loved the Gatling cannon, but this just makes it real rude. Oh, yeah. They're they're pretty great little jerks. I love them. All right. Uh, you guys want to talk about Houses of Aura? Yeah. I do love that color scheme. Just, uh, I'm a sucker for halved and quartered schemes. Yeah. I just like a red they and white. They're pretty attractive. Classic. The silver looks pretty good, too. I've really fallen in love with schemes that use silver trim instead of gold. I don't know. It always looks... Gold, I can never get to look not tacky. Yeah, it's gauche, right? Like, very outré to roll up with your gold. <laughs> right. like, this is platinum. Right. This is classy, all right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why uh, my Titan Legio is Estabiax. Uh, despite common belief, they do not have gold trim. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, good times. All right, let's talk some nightly qualities of Houses of Vora. Uh, progeny of Mars. As long as the Seneschal is on the battlefield, his banner cannot be shaken. In addition, banners within the Seneschal's lance can be issued first fire orders without the need to make a command check. So this gets to me because first fire is a terrific order to be able to pass without a command check. Because... I mean, it's great for, like, a little shooty unit of knights who can't be shaken. But also, compare this to, like, House Tyrannus' Master of Arms. Why is it that their coordinated strike orders need a caveat penalty, but being able to first fire gets a bonus? That kind of throws me off. Uh, I, I feel like coordinated fire is just flat better than first fire. Like, lan- like a lance that just sits there a turn seems like a lance that I'm going to drop a bellicosa on. I can't argue with that. Yeah. But. And, the, and the banner that needs first fire every time is the Acastus, and they can't be in your Seneschal's lance. Sad times. <laughs> but that non-shaken thing is beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's I feel like that's basically every single person I've heard talk about running a nice ha- night household online, their strategy essentially boils down to managing shaken results. Like that's the that's the entire deal. Like setting up flanks and charges and managing shaken. And every skillful knight general has to manage that shaken. And every time you don't have to worry about it, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hey. So uh, the next one down, Sacred Armament, is pretty entertaining. Uh, models in the Seneschal's banner increase the dice value of any weapon without the melee trait by one. However, banners within the Seneschal's lance may not be issued full stride or charge orders. Who cares if suddenly all your weapons do an additional one shot? Like, that's hilarious for a little squad of, like, rocket pods and battle cannons or something. Like, anything uh, without the Gatling? melee trick. Isn't that yeah. Gatling just one short of hurting shields? It is right? indeed. 
Yeah. So, like, just Wait, goodbye on. to all your shields. But this isn't plus right. one strength that increases the dice value. So that- uh, all right, all right. I take it back. It doesn't help your Gatlings at all, but still can't really argue with it. But yeah, like one of my favorite shooty units is Battle Cannon Rocket Pods. So it goes from five little shield stripping shots a turn that are at a strength five is, you know, threatening-ish to like sides and rears. They go from five shots each to seven. And that's pretty great across a whole unit. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty fantastic. Or you just double the uh, output of your Meltas, right? Yep. Or oh, not your melting, God, thermal even, cannon. Yeah, I didn't even think of that with a thermal lance. That's super rude. A hundred percent better. <laughs> yeah, as a guy, I didn't even start to do the math on that. <laughs> that's a hundred percent better. Yeah, that's the only math I'm capable of doing is one <laughs> and another one is twice as good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's well, like my least favorite weapon on knights. But. Really? I am a huge fan of thermal cannons. They're just, they're such assholes I'm, when they're... I miss too damn often with them. Really? I end up, I, I don't know. I end up on a, yeah, but I mean with, say, my, I end up with normally three or four of them that actually get to where they're supposed to be. And I end up hitting with two and two strength eight hits, normally strength nine, because they're at least in a side. I mean, they're just, it's enough to make a Titan worry. It absolutely is. And I, I can't speak ill of them as a weapon system, but I'm a firm believer that some people are cursed and blessed when it comes to certain weapons. Uh-huh. And they are, they're a no for me. Like, they just don't love me. That's more than fair. I guess I'm just used to them. Since, I mean, I play at Nighthouse, I'm used to them being in, like, specialized units instead of, like, mixed and matched. Mm. So that kind of skews my perception a little bit. Yeah, it's what you mean. there's not just, like, one in the, la- in the banner trying to do something. But downside, that means it's really rare. I can take a couple of super cheap knights with just a couple of melee weapons up front to take the hits for the more expensive, like, thermal cannons or battle cannon rocket pod. Not gonna lie, my uh, my Gatling rocket pods are the last ones to come off the table. Just love them so much. <laughs> they are pretty great. All right, uh, last one here. Broken Soul. When the Seneschal's banner suffers a direct hit, a D6 on a 5 or 6, the hit is ignored. However, the Seneschal's banner does not add 3 to the result of its command checks. See, again, I'm not entirely sold on having a special ability that's pretty good. I mean, it's only for direct hits, which isn't great, but, I mean, I'm, it's better than a stick in the eye, but I don't think it's worth that trade-off of losing the three bonus to the command check results. It just, especially with that one. I feel like you could make the argument that for automatic coordinated strikes, it may be, but for essentially a five-plus save on... A one-third chance to ignore direct hits. I don't think that one's worth it. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. Like, every time my banner gets a direct hit, 
I kind of breathe a small sigh of relief that it's not a critical. So, yeah. eh. right. Like those are the ones you don't care that much about anyway. Now, if it was any hit five out, I think the argument could be there, but yeah, that would be crazy good. Oh yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to house morbidia. These guys are pretty entertaining. They're yet another Martian house. Um, they're actually uh, starting off on Mars. They were a rival to the houses Tyrannus and Zavora for the uh, preeminent favor of the Omnisian priesthood. So, uh, these guys are pretty entertaining. Um, their color scheme is pretty cool. Uh, I've seen like full 28 millimeter house uh, Morbidia before. Have not seen them in uh, eight millimeter yet. Jason, do you but remember got... talking about these guys on one of the Heresy Grad School episodes? Uh, the packs of Morbidia. Yeah. Back when we were going down stuff. the rabbit hole on, oh, it's, dude, these guys, these guys go dark in a way that a lot of other <laughs> night houses just so dark. Mm-hmm. They ended up being what, like, um, just kind of excommunicated by the fabricator general. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, they they get it. Fa- yeah, I can't remember exactly what happens to them, but um, but they become almost thralls. Like they become. Oh, I have to go back and find out where we pulled that from. But yeah, they be they actually become like almost like like. Un, I want to say like undead servants. It's oh wild. yeah, it's right here in the first uh, first paragraph. Little more than slave warriors condemned to live and die at the will of the fabricator general. Gotta love that. Yes. Yeah, that's almost like um, what is it? Uh, House Atrax for um, oh gosh, in the corner of deeps. Uh, I can remember Dracovac, right? Mm-hmm. Had his own like sort of thrall. It's really house. cool to see these guys. Yeah. I feel like the, the more I, we get into these, like the more I feel like we need to go back and do a new updated, you know, Nighthouse episode for Heresy Grad Definitely. School. Definitely. A little footnote episode. Oh, yeah. So many of these houses are way more fleshed out now. Ones that just get mentioned in passing now have like their own color schemes. It's good stuff. And they've got this awesome blood red and ivory color scheme that I really, really love. I don't know if I could ever paint it, but it looks amazing. I mean, you could probably approach it with the same like thousand sun uh, scheme that you were using, right? That nice candy red and just, yeah, it is really pretty. Uh, You must have me confused with somebody else. My thousand suns are very matte, sir. There is no candy coat to be seen. Oh, not a candy. I just mean like that vibrant red, right? Not a, Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. 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 Because this isn't like a metallic red at all. It's just like a a arterial red. Yeah. It's really pretty. I like that ivory, too. It's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. That kind of tarnished steel. All right. uh, Let's talk night qualities here. Uh, Blackhearted. It's just a different name for yet another reroll ones to hit. Uh when making a charge order. So, I mean, 
I feel like this is kind of one of the generic ones they slot in when they've got like, uh, we've got like two that are sort of unique. Uh, what else can we do? Uh, reroll ones when shooting. No, use that last time. All right, reroll ones and when charging. All right, go. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's not great. It's just kind of there. It's helpful. Uh, one I really like that's kind of unique is Devoid of Virtue. It really kind of pulls back into their history of uh, screwing around with other night houses. Uh, at the end of any movement phase, enemy night banners within six inches of the Seneschal's banner must check to see if they're shaken as if one or more knights within their banner had been destroyed. So not a huge, huge bonus overall, but I think it's cool and super fluffy, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's not gonna, you're not going to have the opportunity that often, but it seems really cool when you do to just be like, yeah, you should be afraid. They got a it'll reputation. Also go, it'll go off before you make charge attacks. So if you charge in the movement phase into an enemy night banner um make them make them do that uh to test if they're shaken before you make attacks i think can you no maybe not maybe i'm reading that wrong no it's at, at the end at of the, the movement, end phase. movement phase okay so your charge attacks would go off first okay my yeah. bad reading into that no worries combat phase though yes much more helpful there because you could charge into it and then it would kind of yeah, it would cut down on return attacks if they ended up shaken. So that's pretty nice. It's not going to come up that often. I mean, how often do night-on-night fights go down? But Alright, rule through fear. So banners within the Seneschal's lance can't be shaken while the Seneschal's on the battlefield. However, yet again, they lose that uh, three bonus to the result of any command checks. Again, I... I guess the argument's there for it, but I don't think it's worth it to lose that three on command checks, which would help you prevent shaken. So, I don't know. It is for the entire lance, which is nice instead of just the banner. But, again, I don't, I don't think it's worth losing that uh, three to command checks. Anyway. All right. Moving on to House Iodin. Uh, these guys, hands down, my favorite color scheme out of these new night of these uh, night houses. I do not like their scheme at all. I love purple and blue so much; it looks so like vibrant and rich. It's so entertaining on this land or um, Castigator. See, and that I just all comes down to opinion because that's the part of it I really don't like. It's like, were you, yeah. were you trying for purple and just missed your final wash on the shoulder pads? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, to each his own. I do love that purple. Like It's a beautiful color. It is a very attractive purple. I like it much, much more than their House Divine purple from um, Moloch. Uh, this looks oh, yeah. way richer. And I don't know. If I ever tried for House Divine, this is the kind of purple I'd shoot for. It's lovely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. But I think, too, these are my favorite of the knightly qualities. Uh, first off, hidden loyalties. During the movement phase of the first round, so long as the Seneschal is on the battlefield, banners within the lance cannot be targeted by an enemy attack so long as they have not been activated yet that phase. So that's super, super handy. Cannot tell you uh, how common it is. 
for uh, people to see their play in a nighthouse, immediately try to wipe out the Seneschal's, you know, initial banner. It's like a given. Like, I don't know what sort of, you know, reaction causes that, but I've seen it like time and time again. Gotta, gotta kill the head, man. Gotta kill the head. Oh, uh, right. But, uh, so this definitely helps with that. It's only a one turn thing, but hey, that's uh, one more turn that your uh, command banner isn't catching a Bellicosa. So, all for it. Uh, what I really like here is the second one, Dishonorable. Uh, models within the Seneschal's banner add one to their armor rolls when making attacks against enemy units within that unit's side or rear arc, in addition to any others. So, this is terrific! Um, because it's just giving you yet another bonus to you know, sneaking around a big, dumb, lumbery titan. And who could say no to that? Now, it is just the Seneschal's banner, but it's nice. I'm a fan. Also, for these two, I really like the flavor text. Um, because it just makes these guys out to be such assholes, right? Like, hidden yeah. loyalties. The Seneschal is a snake dishonorable the seneschal <laughs> believes a fair fight is one that's already lost just <laughs> gotta gotta love guys who aren't ashamed to revel in who they are hey your house i they know who they are all right last years from the shadows uh, at the start of the strategy phase for the first round banners within the seneschal's lance can be redeployed these units can be placed anywhere they would normally be allowed to deploy by the mission being played I love this one. Uh, I think in basic Horus Heresy, it's a uh, warlord trait that really commonly gets written off as not being that valuable uh, in favor from some more aggressive ones. But it's really great just to be able to scoot that entire lance wherever you want them. And it's a whole lance, not just a banner. I mean, that can be like a third of your army, right? Yeah, uh, pretty easily. And it's terrific because uh, it's basically a whole brand new counter deployment you get. And I mean, I think almost maybe more for Titan Legios, uh, knights really, really need to have good positioning going in. Because it works a lot against them when most of your longest range weapons are only 24 inches. Yeah. This is really good because actually. Um, you would know if you have initiative or not going into the first round. So because initiative has already been decided uh, at the start of the strategy phase, so before even stratagems have been played, um, you can reposition basically an entire lance. That's huge. I mean, uh, that is... Yeah, that's a good point. That's really good. So, yeah. so you can... You could potentially set up your lancers for, you know, charge. I don't know. I mean... It would be a weird deployment zone at that point, but, um, you know, or, yeah, I mean, that's that could be really good. It's really strong. Yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, there have been times with my lances or banners uh, that I'll kind of look at the battlefield and be like, okay, well, I can deploy them, you know, behind this building and not get shot at first turn uh, if the if my opponent goes first. Or I could put them in the open and have them run over behind that building uh, if I get first turn, but I don't know if I'm going first or not. So now I've got to make a gamble. No more gambling. 
And if your opponent knows that you have this uh, knightly quality and you drop this friggin' lance down first, just, all right, well, that, like, that deployment information is worthless to me because you can just put them wherever the hell you want. Deception. <laughs> yeah. yeah the mind it. games, man. It's all about the mind games. It's all about the mind games. So these guys uh, compete with the next one. Um, House Orborn, uh, the last one here for my favorite knight qualities in the book. Because uh, while I think with, pro you know, when you put some time and thought into them, I think House Iodin kind of has maybe the most effective of the knightly qualities. But I think uh, House uh, Orborn has probably the most fun. Um, because first off here, all but dead. So these guys like uh, fell pretty hard and it really shows in their qualities. Uh, all but dead. As long as the Seneschal is on the banner at the, uh, on the battlefield, the Seneschal's banner cannot be shaken. In addition, reduce the strength value of any attack made against the banner by one to a minimum of one. However, it does not add three to the result of the command check. I think this is the only uh, lose command check addended rule in here that I think there's a firm argument for it being worth it. Because uh, not being shaken and reducing strength of any attack is pretty flatly terrific. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with you there. It's good. Um, I think... Once we go to some of the expanded nighthouse rules, Jason, um, if you were to mm -hmm. buy a high king for your nighthouse, um, which is essentially an upgrade for a seneschal, I think it's a mm -hmm. fifty-point upgrade. Um, then that banner can never be shaken, like like full stop. Period, cannot be shaken. So this is, I guess, this is um, this is good if you have the seneschal, but not taking the high king upgrade. Uh, if you take the High King upgrade, then you just get the yeah, you get the reduced attack. I'm not entirely convinced. I've kind of wobbled back, back and forth on whether I think the High King is worth the 50 points or not, because that's like right. a whole, basically a whole new night. But uh, I don't know. We can talk about that in a bit. Um, we can talk about it later. Oh yeah, but uh, two noxious. This one is super fun. Uh, any unit, friend, or foe within two inches of the Seneschal's banner when it's activated in the combat phase suffers D3 strength four hits. Titans suffer these hits to the legs. Uh, House Ouroboran units are not affected by this rule. However, you cannot take a battle standard. So not super effective, but really fun because it's just like D3 additional little dinky hits. But uh, it's because the joints of the Seneschal's armor weep foul fluids, each drop rusting armor and decay in flesh. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that. Like, And it only has to work once for it to be like eternally worth it to you, right? right. Like that one time it does like two, the final bits of catastrophic damage to that Warhound or, you know, mm -hmm. hurts a knight, uh, Warlord enough for you to finish it off or kills three enemy knights because it, idiocy abounds. <laughs> it could always be something. And the first time it yeah. works something like that, it's always going to be like, it's always going to be in your memory. Yeah. Hey, remember that time when shut up, Jason, I remember <laughs> when I threw up on your Titan's leg and killed it. <laughs> yeah, it fell over. 
Good times. I remember what's fun. All right. So the I last do like one down line. here. That's my favorite. The last of the line. Yeah. Uh, as long as the Seneschal is on the battlefield, banners within the lance can be issued charge orders without the need to make a command check. Now, that is the whole lance, which is nice. Uh, however, at least one banner within the lance must be given the charge orders in every round from round two onwards, if possible. Worth it, I think. I think so. Yeah, have a lance of Serastus and mm-hmm. go to town. Yeah, it's like I don't think you're ever really going to be put out by having to make a charge order. It's just yeah, even if not going to be round that. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't have and to do it around. You are, yeah. And even if you are like out of range, it's not screwing your shots or anything. So it's not like you've totally lucked out. Right. Yeah. That's still worthwhile there. It's never going to really cause you that many problems. So, uh, and it's such a nice color scheme too. Right. It's good stuff. Yeah, just that, like, metallic Sons of Horus green, almost. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I get that effect. Real pretty. I think I'll need a glaze on some silver, I think. Yeah, or maybe one of the contrast paints. That'd probably work out pretty well. Maybe, like, the, um... Ah, I can't use the that. white and put, like, a drop of, uh... Like, the mid-range green into it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, a, a color of a milky green. That could potentially work. There's some pigment stuff that we'll use on some terrain that I feel like uh, would would go far into getting that rust effect. I think that's really nice. Yeah, I think some of the AK oh, yeah, yeah. miniatures painting uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess for those of you not actually having the book in front of you, it's like the, the trim is that green we're talking about, and then all the actual armor plating is just sort of a a rusted dark iron. Mm-hmm. Real cool. Strong agree. I think that uh, takes All care right, of guys. the knights, right? Yeah. So we just got to. Uh, you guys want to talk about banners and the High King? I mean, we can, or we can save it for part two. I don't know what everyone's times are. I'd like to save it for like. uh, for part three, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. I'm gonna wrap this episode up. We're going in an hour and a half already. So, yeah, and still talk about night allegiances too. We yeah. gotta do that yes. as well. Yes, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Good point. So, uh, thank you all for uh, listening to this episode of the Remembrancers Retreats Overview of Defense of Ryzen Part Two. Again, thanks to all our listeners, and in particular, thanks to the generosity of our patrons, starting with our prayer tier, Alex Silth, Chris Mack, Joe from Music City Heresy, Garner.Tree of Woe, Matthew Boyce, Jacob Dillon, Mr. Baldwick, and Nicholas Quenga. Our Centurion tier, Mark Henry, John Christensen, Angry Boy, Black Label Painting, Andrew N., Minis by Applesauce, M. Tanzer, and Queen Corswain. And finally, our Sergeant tier, Emily O'Hare, Duncan, Travis Smith, Garrett Lowe, Eric Maynard, and Nicholas Gillen. Thank you all very much. And with that, uh, I do have one thing I would like to bring to people's attention mm-hmm. before we go. Get my details right. So, uh, the guys over at the Kawansari Publishers are doing the Great Wargaming Survey of 2020. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty much a survey, asks you about, you know, 
what sort of games do you play? What scales do you like? How much are you gaming? That will be a depressing answer this year. Uh, how much money you're spending on the hobby again could be a good answer this year if you're not getting out or bad if you're a whore for eBay like I have been. Um, but it's cool. Uh, they've got some sponsors, so they got giveaways, 20% off on their website and all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, various rules and stuff. I don't think there's anything GW that they're is in a raffle, but there's a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, and this is like a very well-respected sort of survey throughout the hobby universe, right? GW looks at it. Bacchus looks at it. Everybody looks at it. Um, so go and say that you like playing with giant robots and, uh, you know, maybe GW throw some more people at making rules for giant robots. Who knows? But that's my plug. All right. Thank you, Austin. And with that, everyone stay safe out there and keep those dice rolling. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from the Remembrancers Retreat. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also find our swag store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash RR30K podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Remembrancers underscore retreat. You can also visit our website RR30K.com for podcast updates and the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. You can also leave us a voicemail for us to play on a future podcast at 1929-437-3791. That's 1929-HERESY1. And you can also leave us an email at the Retreat at gmail.com. Thanks again.